Hello, hello. Okay, there we are. We both have to give sad hands. <laughs> Hi, welcome hey. to Doing Crime. Hey, home of the sad hand job. <laughs> well, yeah, this is <laughs> the sad my hand home. Job. This is where sad hand jobs happen. I'm Catherine, and I'm sitting here with those ugly flour sack dish towels <laughs> that your mom said only company was allowed to dry their hands on. Amelie, <laughs> they're pretty stiff. <laughs> They've never seen fabric softener. Much like myself. No, it'll it'll, <laughs> it'll ruin the uh, it'll ruin the pattern and the absorbency. Yeah. So I am absorbent. <laughs> yeah, your husband would know. Hey. Hey. Oh. Hey. Um. So I feel like I eat all of your kids' gummy snacks. No. Oh, I didn't okay. even notice that, but yes. <laughs> Small price to pay for my wonderful co-host here. Um, I want to talk about True Crime Garage for a second. In a good way. Oh, okay. I'm not going to... No, I, like... I'm not going to trash other podcasts because they're... That's fucking, not our... That's not our style. That's not how we roll. Plus, we fucking love every podcast. Every Every single podcast, single because like you can tell, like podcasts are like the cool thing that you can tell that people put a lot of hard work into. So. Except for us, except <laughs> for us. There's a hair on my on my Fred gummy. Well, okay, it's gone. That's the price you pay for what the fuck? It's your someone legitimately dropped that hair into the vat into the of. Batch. Oh, it was a blonde. <laughs> We're going to test it for DNA. We're coming for you. We're coming for you, Susan. I'm still going to eat it. <laughs> we have high standards. No, I just wanted to talk about how um, how cool it was, how uh, the captain was like, if you have any questions about like technical things, if you want to start your own podcast, then you can like write to him or whatever. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Because he is... The grandmaster of mixery and <laughs> producery. Of mixcraft and bitcher bitchery. Yes. Yeah. No. He's no. really good at it. So <laughs> That's my good night alarm. <laughs> Damn it, cat. I forgot to silence. John, tell edit you. that out. <laughs> edit, edit, edit. Also, make me sound smarter. Also, just keep it in. <laughs> um Okay, so today is a murder episode. Yes, today is... Last week was an episode where we don't talk about specific murder cases, and this week is where we do. Ta-da! So, speaking of True Crime Garage, again, I know I bring them up a lot. It's kind of weird. They're they're honestly one of my favorites. Well, I do... Yeah, they're one of my favorites, too, but the thing is, it's like... I don't know, like, I just... I don't know. They're just one among many that I listen to. It's not like I'm like, ooh, True Crime Garage. I I do love them, but I mean, they're up there with a lot of other podcasts. I don't know why I always talk about them, but maybe because they're from the Florida of the North, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Where they're from the Florida of the North. They live in Columbus. Yeah. That's where my sister-in-laws live. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Columbus is like, I feel like Columbus is like this, the name of like a cool city well i actually thought they lived in cleveland or like northern but then nick was talking about living in columbus and i was like oh weird next time i'm in ohio i'm gonna well, techni- like fucking snapchat them like hey let's uh technically they live in parts unknown that's true yeah parts unknown columbus ohio <laughs> um wow okay but the, okay so <laughs> this is not of, sponsored no it's not <laughs> i i don't know why i'm talking about them so much oh because the person i picked today is because Nick said that he would never cover this person. And I was oh. like, 
Why not? And I've never heard of this person We ain't before. no bitch. No, I'm just no, kidding. We're joking. I just honestly didn't know who this person even was. I'd never heard of him before the Q&A episode. And I was like, how have I not heard of a serial killer named Pee Wee? Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. And uh, so I was like, okay, now I have to do this guy. Mine... Well, no, I mean, I have to cover him. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> so. I've got a rump. I mean, rump. I've got a hump. <laughs> his rotting remains. Oh, God. He died a long time ago. Too. And absorb well... his secrets. <laughs> Which, I don't know, he might have some. It seems like he's a liar. So are you going first, or am I? You can go first. Okay. Why, were you, like, alarmed that I pulled my paper down? <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna set this down in front like, of me, and you're like, hey, bitch. Nah. Hey. Oh my god, so John and I, at, like, about one this last, yesterday morning, mm-hmm. We're laying and, oh, no, maybe this was the afternoon. I don't know. Days blend together when you're with the one you love. Or Anyways. without them. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so I was talking to him, and I was like, what if when you were in bed, uh, instead of saying, like, yeah, like, <laughs> you were like. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> What? You were like, get it, buckaroo. <laughs> like, like, you don't already do that. It's, that all, thing? <laughs> it's all yours, bud. <laughs> when Blake gets home on, from business. Yes. The first time y'all do it, I need you to do that for me and report back. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll live feed it. Yeah. <laughs> My parents will be so proud <laughs> and disown me. And maybe give you their farm. Yeah. In in rural Ohio. No, not really. Okay. Okay. Let's let's hear it. My killer killer is actually one that is near and dear. Um, but he fucking wreaked havoc. In Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is where Louisiana State University is located. Uh oh, when was this? Also, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, it was Stay in the nineties, actually. Um, also, where his hunting grounds was like a couple blocks from the school, so the fucking Baton Rouge was in fucking terror, and this is the uh. You know, this is the story of serial killer Derek Todd Lee. That name sounds familiar. Don't read my book. No, I mean, it was, um, if you've watched uh, the first season of Killing Fields. I watched the first couple episodes. I love that man's voice. Right. That, uh, the, that man, uh, what's his name? His name is your dad. <laughs> Rody. I don't know. <laughs> that man. <laughs> uh, Mr. Rody. Uh, he's exactly like every old guy in southern Louisiana. Is your dad old? My dad is old, but he's I not from southern Louisiana. Oh, motherfucker. He'll, he's from Wisconsin and then Oh, Texas. that's right. We've talked about this. Yeah. So he's got like a weird Wisconsin <gasps> But he's thing. kind of picked up. He's worked in Chalmette, which is... A fucking nation of its own. Like Chalmette is right outside New Orleans, but they call it De Parish, and they call it the Nation because it's a it's a fucking town all of its own. But like he's kind of picked up a little bit of their their wordisms, colloquialisms of Chalmette, Mister Fidali. Yeah, sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's like okay, all right. <laughs> um. Hi, Dad. I love you. <laughs> um, okay, so Derek Todd Lee. Don't read my paper. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a habit. Okay, I'm just going to stare at myself in the mirror. Derek Todd Lee, who died last year on January 21st, was also known as the Baton Rouge serial killer. Uh, his killing spree began in 1992, and it ended in 2003. He claimed the lives of seven women. Mm. Uh, prior to his murder charges, Lee had been arrested for stalking women and watching them in their homes. Despite this, he was initially overlooked by Baton Rouge police because they incorrectly believed the serial killer was white. 
uh, Lee was linked by DNA to DNA tests to the deaths of seven women in the Baton Rouge area and Lafayette areas in Louisiana, and in 2004 was convicted in separate trials of the murder uh, murders of Geraldine so- DeSoto. DeSoto is that a and common she- name there? Yeah. Okay, because I'm like that sounds like. I don't know, something I've heard before. Gerilyn DeSoto and Charlotte Murray Pace. The Pace trial resulted in a death sentence. Uh, Louisiana is not afraid to put some people down. So they're like the Texas of Louisiana. Well, I mean, (laughs) they're the Texas of Louisiana. is the Texas of Louisiana. Um, Well, Mississippi just did that thing where they like, uh, made like firing squad and hanging in the gas chamber legal again because they can't get the drugs anymore. I don't know. I'm assuming that's why. Maybe because, uh, the drug. Remember, like here in Arkansas, where they tried to execute nine people like consecutively within. Oh yeah. How many days? They were. What was what was it? They were gonna do two a day. Something like that. Like it was a fucking like. Yeah, it was it was basically like an assembly line yeah. of death, which makes me uncomfortable. Me too. A little bit, yeah. Um, anyways. Okay, sorry, continue. <laughs> um, newspapers suggested Lee was responsible for other unsolved murders in the area, but the police lacked DNA evidence to prove these connections. After Lee's arrest, it was discovered that another, another serial killer, Sean Vincent Gillis, was operated in the Baton Rouge area during the same time as Lee. God, that's Im- fucking terrifying. Well, that's important to remember that, like, some people believe serial killers are, like, one in a million. Like, you only get, like, one every couple years. But, like, there are hundreds of serial mm-hmm. killers that ha- are doing their thing right now. Like, yeah, just watch the killing season, dude. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah, like... You're probably sitting next to a serial killer recording your podcast You're right now. You're probably touching knees with a serial yeah. killer as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the serial killer. I believe it. <laughs> You're like, I'm also a serial killer. Dude, no, oh I'm my just. God. I'm immune to serial killers. Oh yeah. That's I got good. my I got my immunizations yeah. as a child. So Those I'm are good. important. You can get them at Walgreens and at CVS. <laughs> um. So, anyways, uh, Sean Vincent Gillis was operating in the Baton Rouge area during the same time as Lee. Uh, Lee died on January 21st, 2016, of heart disease at a hospital in Louisiana where he was transported for treatment from Louisiana State Penitentiary where he had been awaiting execution. That shit, I just... Yeah, he got off kind of easy. I don't get that. So, shit. okay, that was a brief overview of what, you know, Derek Todd Lee was about. Okay. Gonna go a little bit more in depth into. We're gonna dig in. Each we're gonna dig in. Sit down. Grab a strap on a Yahoo. Have you okay? Have you had a Yahoo recently? A Yahoo chocolate drink. They're fucking terrible. No, they're fucking delicious. And are they called Yahoos? Is it Yahoo or Yoohoo's? It's a Yoohoo. I was like Yahoo. Do you mean like a Yahoo account? No, I have not. <laughs> I They're have called a, Yoohoo's, and I used to drink them every single morning when I worked at the car wash. It's literally chocolate powder and water. water. Yeah, dude, it's the shit. The fucking worst. No, so good. That was like when I worked at the car wash in high school. I would drink one every single morning because we had them in the vending machine. <gasps> oh my god, have you ever had a chocolate soda? No. Like like an old fashioned okay. Back in the day there were had a malt. There were soda fountains like at drugstores and stuff. Mm-hmm. There is literally something in your wine. Mm. I'm kind of grossed out. <laughs> is that a booger? No, I don't know what it it's it's like a plastic tissue. Oh, okay. It's like a well, now that that's taken care of, <laughs> thanks. So, at, thanks for pointing that out. Like after fifteen cents, thank you. <laughs> at drugstores and stuff, there used to be like counters where you could go get like sodas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, chocolate sodas were chocolate syrup with soda water and ice cream all like mixed together. That sounds really good. So fucking good, and you can make them in your house. Okay, like all you need. All you need is like Hershey's chocolate syrup, vanilla ice cream, and tonic water. Yeah, like tonic water. (laughs) And you just like fill about an inch of your glass with chocolate syrup. You put 
the rest of like the rest of your glass put a bunch of ice cream in it, vanilla ice cream, and then you empty half of a little bottle of tonic Vodka. water in it. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> tonic, tonic water. water. Okay, and then you have a chocolate soda, and that was your recipe with doing crime. My ear just started ringing really bad. Sorry, dying, dying. Don't say that. I'm a hypochondriac. That was weird. <laughs> Stop it. Um, All right. My tinnitus. So Derek Todd Lee, okay, his methods varied with nearly every murder. Uh, similarities between crimes in, included the removal of cell phones from the victim's belongings and lack of any visible signs of forced entry into the location where the victim was attacked. Hmm. Two, I have like a, like a wet burp in the back of my throat. Cool. <laughs> two, two of the victim's bodies were discovered at Whiskey Bay Boat Launch, approximately 30 miles west of Baton Rouge, just off Interstate 10. Because of the majority of highly publicized serial killers are white and based on erroneous eyewitness accounts, police originally believed the killer to be white. Police therefore administered thousands of DNA tests to Caucasian men in and around the general area of the murders. Having no leads, police then allowed the now defunct company DNA Print G Genomics. I'm not looking. To access DNA left at the crime scenes. DNA Print Genomics generated an ancestry profile indicating that the suspect was 85% African, thus changing the course of the investigation. Police then knew they were searching for a black man for, uh, for the January 2002 slaying of Geraldine Barr de Soto. More specific analysis of the DNA found under the fingernails of DeSoto linked lead to 21-year-old Addis Louise to the 21-year-old Addis Louisiana woman's death. What? Okay. Can I can I just insert myself? Yes. Do you have another recipe? I love inserting myself. No. Recipe. You gave the recipe. Oh, okay. Next week. Have one. Okay. Bye. <laughs> All right. It's called vodka tonic. Oh. It's pretty simple. Half vodka, <laughs> half tonic. All fun. No. Three-fourths vodka, like a fucking eighth of tonic, and then the rest is ice. I was a bartender, people. I know how to That doesn't sound like a, a fun drink. drink, actually. No, they're gross. I don't like them. I don't know. My brother likes them. But anyway... Fuck, what was I going to say? Oh, why do people always assume that serial killers are white? Is it because, like, they're just well, the guess, more publicized ones? It's I guess, like that, like, yeah. missing white girl thing where they just, like, yeah. just publicize it so much that everyone... I would probably think that's it. But also, around that time, like, most of the highly... Like, it's said in there, highly publicized serial killers were all white. I don't think they... I don't think they called in for a profiler... Who was like, yeah, this dude is definitely white. Um, but I think they were just like going on like gut hunches and their instinct, which was wrong. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. So honestly, they shouldn't. Okay. Honestly, they should have. discriminate. Double checked. Yeah. Black people can kill people too. <laughs> That's fucked. Um, but no, really, it's just don't, it's one of those things where, like, they wasted a bunch of time mm -hmm. that they could have just gone to that DNA print, whatever, and had the DNA sequenced and made an ancestry profile. Because I was going to say, did they have that technology back then? Because I know, like, now you can just go to, like, 23andMe and you can be like, oh, I have... One sixty fourth Native I American. I want to do that so bad. I kind of do, but my ancestry goes so far back in Sweden that I'm just they. Like, oh my god! I don't know. Did you? Okay. Did you know that Twenty Three and Me can not sponsored by the way? But if you no. want us, if you want to slide us a check, feel we, free. We take it. Did you know that like they can trace back to like tribes, like specific tribes and areas of the world, like where hmm. your DNA comes from i want to know if i have viking in me probs dig probs probs i'm I my just last come name from a, my maiden last name translates into sea flower i just come from a long line of fat polacks <laughs> and i'm living my I heritage i come from a line of carnies oh my ew i know <laughs> my dad told me that like my i'm just kidding i have a my friend great, great a grandparents or something they used to be carny people and like my I don't know, some ancestor of mine, she would, like, 
stand on the backs of horses and like they were like trapeze. Oh my god! Did shit. they? Oh my god! Did they meet at the carnival and like I fucking he hope was so. he was like swallowing fire and she was she like fell off the back of her horse and she was like oh my ankle and he was and he like set her horse on fire <laughs> <laughs> and she was like. <laughs> She was like, your your genes are strong. I shall breed with you and we shall have beautiful, strong carnival babies. And then their kids were, were the strong men that lifted those those big balls up. That's why I'm always swinging from vines and shit. <laughs> I always wondered where that came from. That's why you have a trapeze in your living room. <laughs> I thought it was weird. Now you know it's not. <laughs> so 23 and me. How did my great-great-grandparents meet? <laughs> if oh you God. can tell me that, I will pay you $500. Um, okay, so. <laughs> back to murder land. Anyway, back to sad country. I'm also, um, I'm also pretty sure that uh, carnivals had a lot of murder in them. Oh, sure. Yeah, totally. Did you not watch the fucking season of American Horror Story? You mean the worst Duh. season? Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, okay, so Diane Alexander uh, was one of Derek Todd Lee's victims. Uh, Lee entered the St. Mar- Martin Parish. Okay, for anyone that doesn't know... Louisiana is made up of parishes, not just counties. Like, yeah, cities. just like everywhere else has counties, Louisiana has parishes because... Are they Catholic? They just oh yeah, there's so many Catholics. You cannot you cannot spit and not hit at least three Catholics. <laughs> I'm gonna try that when I go. Yeah, uh, of Diane Alexander. Uh, he entered the home of Diane Alexander on July 9th, two thousand two. Lee beat Alexander uh, severely mm. and attempted to rape her. Also, rape was rape was the motivation behind these murders. Uh, Diane Alexander is the only known survivor of Derek Todley. Alexander survived mm. because her son walked in during the commission of the crime, frightening oh. Lee out of the back of the house. Alexander's son chased Lee through the back of the house and was able to get a description of the car. This sounds so fucking familiar. Alexander had details as to what Lee looked like, and on May 22nd, 2003, Alexander was able to describe Lee to a police sketch artist. Why so fucking long after? Hmm. She was attacked on July 9th, 2002, and he wasn't talking to a police sketch artist until May 22nd, 2003. I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, between the DNA evidence gathered off of the deceased victims, the psychological profile made by Mary Ellen O'Toole in the uh, police sketch based on Alexander's description... The police went public with the information. Police in the nearby town of Zachary, Louisiana, hey, I've been there, recognized the man uh, Recognized the man by a recent peeping Tom incident they had just investigated. Police in Zachary called the police in Baton Rouge to let them know the name of the, sus- of the suspected perpetrator. Additionally, the Zachary Police Department also let the Baton Rouge Police Department know that they had a DNA sample from Lee due to a prior murder investigation. Uh, from six to seven months earlier. Dude, I like, I so want to ask you. Shoot. No, I can't because then it might give it away because I think I know this one. Okay. It sounds so familiar. Alexander's survival and the description of Lee assisted the investigators in his arrest. Alexander felt she deserved uh, the Lafayette Crime Stoppers Incorporated public, uh, public, Reward offering of $100,000 for information leading to the arrest of Lee. Duh. Well, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Your son fucking saves you and then provides you with the police sketch that is used to fucking... fucking victim. Yeah, just pay her the fucking hundred grand. Seriously. On or about August 14th, 2003, Alexander uh, contacted Lafayette Crime Stoppers and inquired about the offer. It was then that Lafayette Crime Stoppers informed Alexander that she was not eligible to receive the reward. Bullshit. Why not? That's such shit. Okay, on February 26th. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. If anybody deserves a fucking reward money it's a victim what the fuck so on february 22nd 2006 alexander hired a t- hired an attorney uh to pursue the case 
Is this literally just about how she got money? I wanted to know about murder. Well, maybe. All right. I feel like we should do better research. <laughs> or I literally. Okay, so it. I was not able to research today because I was at urgent care with my son. Um, but anyways, so Diane Alexander took Crime Stoppers to court and, uh, claimed that, uh, Crime Stoppers claimed that she did not use the hipster hotline and thereby did not comply with the forms, terms, or conditions required by La uh, Lafayette Crime Stoppers. The conditions? The case was decided hmm. in favor of Lafayette Crime Stoppers, so she was not given... Uh, money. Also, that is such horse shit. That was the last page. Okay, so here's the actual murders. Okay, uh, I told you they'd be out of. These order. are the murders that got him sent away. He did kill uh, seven women in total, mm. but these were the only two that he could be tried for. Uh, Gerilyn DeSoto. Uh, uh, once Lee was identified as the primary suspect, law enforcement located and captured him in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Hotlanta. Hotlanta. Lee waived. Uh, Lee waived extradition. Was returned to Baton Rouge, where he was tried in August two thousand four for the murder of Geraldine Desoto. Desoto had been found dead in her home in Adist, stabbed numerous times. Desoto's husband had initially been the primary suspect in her murder, oh my but God, as that the fucking... but as the investigation progressed, DNA evidence linked Lee to the crime and had been discovered. Uh, uh, although Lee was eligible for first-degree murder charges, the district attorney elected to try Lee for murder in the second because DeSoto what? had not been sexually assaulted, which um, meant a first-degree murder conviction would be harder to obtain. Lee was convicted by jury and sentenced to life imprisonment without parole. I don't... Okay, I don't understand our legal system. I feel like maybe I need to go to law school. Just a little. Just like a like, first-year law school student. Well, I do work in a law firm, but could, we don't do criminal. Just ask your boss. Be like, um, <laughs> hey. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> not doing that. Uh, okay, and this is the... Uh, the murder of Charlotte Murray Pace. Uh, there was some argument that Derek Lee was perhaps incompetent to stand trial uh, for her murder. During psychiatric evaluations, he scored an average of 65 on various standardized IQ tests. A score below 69 is considered to be the threshold for what can be considered mental retardation. But can people fake that? I don't know. I honestly don't know. If you can get away with killing seven fucking people, I feel like your I IQ is like, probably higher than 69. I feel like it doesn't matter what your IQ is. You fucking know that killing people is wrong. Yeah, you <laughs> you tried to cover it up. It's not like you were, like, just doing it in the open. And yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's not like, okay, like a good example that I always think of, like, is someone that, like, is not competent enough to stand trials, Richard Chase. Like, he literally was injecting himself with rabbit's blood because he thought that he, his body wasn't making enough blood. Yeah, like, he was, he was a sick, depraved individual. Yeah. It's and not an IQ thing, though. No. I don't so. think an IQ really has anything to do because Forrest Gump had a super low IQ, but he's a national hero. Right? Yeah. He did the right thing. He did. He knows right and wrong. Well, most people do. <laughs> um, Lee was, however, deemed fit to stand trial despite his low IQ. Uh, Lee was convicted on October 14th, 2004 for the May 31st, 2002 rape and murder of LSU graduate student Charlotte Murray Pace. Mm -hmm. He was sentenced to die by lethal injection. Uh, he was sentenced to die on lethal by lethal injection, period. On January 16th, 2008, the state Supreme Court upheld the murder conviction and death sentence. Lee was placed on death row at the Louisiana State Penitentiary in Angola. They have a great rodeo. Hmm. I've never been. Yeah. The, uh, the uh, Angola rodeo is, like, amazing. Never been like, it's really to a good. rodeo. At all? I like the song Rodeo by Garth Brooks. Oh. Well, rode rodeos are fun. I'd be down. 
like the prisoners, like they work really hard, like all year long. And it's like the good prisoners, like they'll, they'll dress up as like rodeo clowns and they'll like ride horses and they like make Wait, stuff. Rodeos are done by prisoners. Yeah. All of them. No. Oh, whoa, dude. You just about rocked my fucking world. <laughs> um, wow. During the manhunt, uh, John Walsh, host of America's most wanted at an added, uh, okay. During the manhunt for Derek Toddley, John Walsh added a Baton Rouge serial killer to his top 10 fugitives of 2002. At number three, Lee was portrayed in an episode of the docudrama series Obsession, Dark Desires, which aired in March 2014 and centered on his stalking of surviving victim Colette Dwyer, whose tips to police about Todd weren't fully followed up. Cool. Okay, so this I, is I, I, this is arguably one of the most fucked up things about this. Uh, oh God, I'm scared. It's called the crying baby rumor. So, uh, in early 2003, a rumor began to circulate that Lee was using the taped sounds of a crying baby to lure victims to the door. The Baton Rouge police were quick to deny that the information was coming from their office. Fueling the rumor were season three episodes of the television series Criminal Minds titled Children of the Dark and Tabula Rasa. Lee and the crying baby rumor were mentioned in both episodes. Snopes reported that this was an urban legend, however. But like how fucking how fucking just how okay, as a mom, which I am, um, (laughs) as a mom, I would here, okay, first I'd be fucking terrified yeah, because no I believe shit. in I believe in fucking ghosts. How do you believe in ghosts? Um, because you I have cognitive dissonance and I've had some experiences that I'm not able to explain away. Um I can explain them to you. I don't want you to. Okay. But uh just the thought of someone putting a tape of a crying baby on your front porch, I would call the police. I don't know. I think I would go and open the door, though. However, I'd I, peek out my fucking window first. I don't have a peephole. No, just... I want one. I don't know. Call the fucking police. What the fuck? If there's a I, crying baby on my front doorstep... I have two there guns, There's some though. fucked up shit going on. Don't shoot babies, cat. <laughs> You know what? That really dampens my plans for Sunday. <laughs> Happy Memorial Day. <laughs> no. Um. Remember when all these babies weren't shot? <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> Shit. No, what, what? Oh, did you guys have like a crybaby bridge? What? Okay, because I feel like that's like a, it's kind of like a, a thing that's all over the country because we had a crybaby bridge in Ohio, like where I'm from. What is that? Is that just well, the bridge that you go on and you okay. hear crying? Yeah, but like, okay, so this bridge was really fucked up. So have you ever heard of Xenia, Ohio? No. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it gets hit by tornadoes kind of a lot. But Xenia is like this town that's right outside of my town. So like there's this, to get there, you'd have to drive down this one one lane bridge. Have you ever been on a one-lane bridge? Yeah, I They're have. fucking terrifying because you have to, like, wait, and it's... Anyway, they say, like, if you drive there at night, you can hear babies crying because someone a... drowned their baby in the, oh. like, creek or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, they tore it down. It's not there anymore, which is kind of a bummer because I really liked that. I thought it was, like, kind of, like, um, quaint... You know, yeah. kind of cool. We had, but it was really dangerous. <laughs> we didn't have like a crybaby bridge. I remember, I remember there were some spots like in our hometown that like, oh, if you like go on this abandoned bridge, like, oh my god, like someone jumped here. You'll, so you'll see some people tagging it with like, I love, like Rachel. Yeah, and, like. Also, they'll be like, it's a woman in a white dress, and you'll see her walking to the edge of the bridge, and, like, she jumps before you can help her, and when you go to look over the side, she's not there, all splattered on the ground. Do you? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> okay. 
That reminds me. Remember how I was talking about Ed and Sandy earlier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On our live feed? Okay. Whenever I was at their house, like, my parents... I just don't remember my parents interacting with me at all as a child, really. Like, they'd just be like, go do this. So my brothers and I would watch this fucking movie, and it was, like, called The Woman in White or something like that. And mm-hmm. it was this woman... It was about this woman who, like... She was always in, like, this billowy white dress, and her daughter witnessed her jumping off of a fucking cliff or something. Do you remember this movie? No, but Please. it sounds like y'all needed some supervision. No, seriously. Somebody who has seen this movie, write to us at doingcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Seriously, I need to remember the name of this movie, because <laughs> movie night, okay? Okay. Movie night. All right. Um... Sorry. Just no, you're lots fine. Of, lots of sidebars here. You know what is, like, weird? I'm, I've am i talked to a couple of people about, like, at my elementary school, there was, a, there was, like, a rumor, like, a, like, a rumor about, like, a girl who had hung herself in, like, the girl's bathroom. Okay. And, like, it seems like every elementary middle school had, like, this ghost story about a dead kid who had killed themselves at school. And it just made me wonder why were, why are children so eager for someone to die? (laughs) I don't think it's eagerness. I think it's just like wonder. And it's just like, you're just starting to sense your own mortality. So it's like really real. And it's really just like in the forefront of your mind. So you think about it a lot. So when something like that happens, it's really fucking like disturbing. Yeah. Well, it turns out <coughs> this there... This is um, Dr. Rice. This is Dr. I have a degree in psychiatry. Dr. Uncle Ben's Rice. <laughs> um, but, like, turns out there was a, a kid that had died at Bonnie Cole Elementary, but he was hit by a car, like, in Your front of the school. school had the word cool in it? Bonnie E. Cole. Oh, Cole. I thought you said cool. I was like, what? My it's it's was not cool. <laughs> Bonnie E. Cole Elementary is French for good school elementary. I went to Beaver Creek. <laughs> we were the battling beavers. <laughs> so kind of like I kind of like you our beavers are right now. Yeah. We're battling just, sperm. We're full scissoring. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, did I tell you we had a principal named Dr. Cox or I mean Mr. Cox? <laughs> So we wanted to get shirts that Is it said C O X. Yeah. Oh. But we wanted to get a shirt that said Beavers Love Cox. <laughs> but they didn't allow it. So fucking lame. Dude, I would have allowed that shit. Like, hey, you know what? You're fucking teenagers. That's pretty funny for yeah. like a teenage thing. That's pretty hilarious. And it's Cox with a, an X. Yeah. It's not like it's fucking anyway. Okay. So <laughs> My murder. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't think that the research that I did, which was uh, 10 minutes of looking online, um, went into enough enough depth because I honestly don't know why True Crime Garage would not cover this. Mm. Because, I mean, it's fucked up, of course. It's fucked up. I mean, like... No more fucked up than Jeffrey Dahmer, I'd say. Or, like, I don't know, any of the other ones that they do. Casey Anthony, that one's pretty fucked up. Right on their blog and Nick will get back to you. I'm afraid. No, because, you know what? I have mentioned Nick several times in my Twitter, or tweets, or whatever the fuck you call it, you youngins. Nick doesn't get on Twitter. If Nick you really listened to the last episode. I guess I didn't because I always talk about how much I love Nick's voice because he sounds like Alan Alda. Yeah, he does. And no one agrees with me except for you now. But I just love his Alan Alda soothing voice cuz Alan Alda is like my fucking hero. True Crime Gar- Garage is like one of those podcasts that I can fall asleep to. Yeah. He has a very soothing Alan Alda voice. <laughs> and Wine and Crime is a podcast that makes me constantly pee. Like, laugh pee. <laughs> oh, I'm like, <laughs> are they like a diuretic? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, Minnesotans' accents, like, really do it for mm. me. Like, just make me, me pee. fucking too, yeah. dude. I love them. My friend Sarah has one. I love it. My friend Emily also has one. 
haven't heard from Emily in a while. <laughs> Maybe we're not friends. <laughs> Maybe okay. you're not. All right. Anyway, mine is about Pee Wee Gaskins. Also my nickname in high school. <laughs> it's also your nickname now because yeah. you you pee and I you laugh wee pee. when you listen to Wine and Crime. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Wine and Crime. We like them. Right? Yeah, go for yeah. it. No, we hate we them. No, we, we love <laughs> no. you guys. Thank you. They gave us a shout out for our last podcast, which is the same podcast, just a different name. But thank yeah. you again. Anyway. All right. So. Go follow them. Yeah, do that. Um, Gaskins was born in Florence County, South Carolina on March 13th, 1933 to Eula Parrott. He was youngest of many illegitimate children. Gaskins' early life was characterized by a great deal of neglect, meaning that his mom just ignored him. Uh, his mother provided little supervision when Gaskins... Okay, this is something that I'm just like, how did this fucking happen? Even if you're unsupervised as a one-year-old, how does... It, are you reading over my fucking shoulder? I was... <laughs> you are such an asshole. I, I was trying to see what year he was born in. 1933, I just said it. Sorry. Cat's a hypocrite. She's reading over my shoulder. <laughs> All right. Okay. So anyway, when Gaskins was just a year old, he drank a bottle of kerosene. Like what you light lamps with? Well, kerosene is a type of, like, gas. Mm-hmm. Which, um, I don't know if you've ever smelled it or been around it, but, like, it'd be like drinking some gasoline. It's not like a... How did he get through a whole bottle? That's what I'm saying. Like, even as a one-year-old, even like if you smell it, you're like, ugh, no thanks. Like, this, I don't know. Like, I kind of like, I'm not going to lie, I kind of like the smell of gasoline. I, but I'm not going to take a sip of it. I love the smell of gasoline. I will sit at a gas station and just... Have you ever gotten it on yourself, though? A li- yeah, like a little drop on my shirt, okay. and I'm like, oh, mm. gosh, gas. I do like the smell of gas for a little bit, but one time I was super hungover, leaving my friend uh, B's apartment. He was going to University of Toledo, and I was hungover as shit, and I was filling my gas tank, and instead of just stopping the thing, I was like, oh, it's full. So I just, I was pumping, and I pulled the gas thing out, and it just sprayed all over me. (laughs) And then I had to drive from Toledo to Dayton, which is like three hours. (laughs) I was covered in gasoline. That is a bit much. Then you became the inflamed woman. Yeah, I was like a fully the carny. En- fully engulfed. Dude, just staying true to my heritage. Yeah. Okay, anyway, um, so he drank a bottle of kerosene, which caused him to have convulsions until he was three years old. Uh, he suffered from night terrors. He also received regular beatings from his various quote-unquote stepdads. Jeez. Cla- you know, classic fucking making a fucking psychotic person making uh, because he was such a small kid people gave him the nickname peewee his mom was so neglectful listen to this, this is fucked up he didn't even know his actual name until his first court appearance what yeah like he didn't know his actual first name he just thought his name was peewee yeah mm-hmm. oh my god um so the court appearance followed a brief crime spree he and a few fellow school dropouts had taken oh my god this is it this is pretty fucked up um they gang raped the sister of one of the dropouts which i'm like did the sister of one of the dropouts like how my brothers would never allow that (laughs) i mean i don't i'm not even trying to sound funny but it's like that's my, insane. My brothers would stay. They would their, hate it if they, someone raped me. They would not partake. No. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like, did this guy fucking partake in that shit? That's disgusting. That's fucked up. Probably. All right. Um, and a string of robberies. They were arrested after a witness who survived a hatchet assault. What how old are these kids? I don't know. Young. Jeez. I think like, I think they said that he was like 15. Something like that. Um, The guy who, or a witness who survived the hatchet assault was able to identify them to the police. As a result, Gaskins was sent to reform school. While in reform school, Gaskins was regularly raped by fellow inmates. Mm. Yeah. Fuck that. 
While in ref- okay, wait, sorry. After escaping from the school, um, getting married, and listen to this, voluntarily returning to complete his sentence. Why would you voluntarily return to a place where you regularly got raped? I don't understand. I mean, God damn. I'm not saying that, like, I'm not victim blaming here. Well, I mean, he's a fucking asshole, but at this point, he was a victim also. But, like, I don't know. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, he was released at the age of 18 in 1951. He briefly worked on a tobacco plantation. He was arrested in 1953 and charged with attempted murder after using a hammer. We all know how fucking hammer murders. I just can't. Well, she didn't die. But uh, he used a hammer to attack a teenage girl who he claimed to have been insulting him. Seriously? Wow. Wow. Like, Sounds very 1950s. So. Get a fucking Corvette or something. Like, just whatever. Anyway, Gaskins was sentenced to only six years of imprisonment at the Central Correctional, sorry, Central Correctional Institution. Um, after being raped and owned in prison, he, her- he earned his reputation by killing the most feared man in the prison, Hazel Brazel. As a result, he received an extra three years in prison, but from that point on, he became the aggressor instead of the victim. He escaped from prison in 1955 by hiding in the back of a garbage truck and fled to Florida. And that's where I wrote, what is it with Florida? It's a sunshine state. It's the Ohio of the South. (laughs) Uh, Where he took employment with a traveling carnival. Uh (gasps) Uh-oh. We may be related. Oh, my God. Shit. Uh, God, I hope so. (laughs) I fucking hope not. He was rearrested, remanded to custody, and paroled in August 1961. All right. Um, Following his release from prison, Gaskins reverted to committing burglaries and receiving and disposing of stolen property. Two years after his parole, Gaskins was arrested for the rape of a 12-year-old girl. Damn. Yeah. But he escaped while awaiting sentence. He was rearrested in Georgia and sentenced to eight years of imprisonment. Eight years. That's it. Well, Twelve-year-old girl. Well, you know women really aren't people. Well, not in the 50s or the 60s, apparently. Or kind of now. Yeah, but I feel like we're, we're kind of getting a little bit of ground. You know, we can own land. We can vote. Oh, that's all we need. Mm-hmm. You know what I fucking hate? Just sidebar. I hate that there is a um, statute of limitations on rape. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, he was paroled in November of 1968. Upon his release, Gaskin moved to the town of Sumter, which is South Carolina, which is where, hey, boo-boo. Boo-boo lives there. Oh, I've been there. I love Sumter. Yeah, that's where that's where Nikki lives. That's awesome. I'm going to come to your yeah, house, because but I was, not hang out because I want to go see all the historical stuff. Well, she was talking about, um, she and I were actually talking about this, and she's like, yeah, he's from, he was, he did some shit in Sumter. And I was like, what? Because Sumter's kind of a podunk town. But anyway, he began work with Fort Roofing Company. His first non-prison, non-prison related murder victim was a hitchhiker who he tortured and murdered in uh, September of 1969 before sinking her body in a swamp. Mm-hmm. In his memoirs, he wrote, all I could think about is how I could do anything I wanted to her. Oh, Motherfucker. Uh, this hitchhiker was to be the first of many he picked up and killed while driving around the American South. He classified these victims as, quote unquote, coastal kills. Uh, people, both male and female, who he killed pu- purely for pr- pleasure. Sorry. Ugh, too much wine. Uh, on average, approximately once every six weeks when he went hunting to uh, quiet his feelings of bothersomeness. That's what he said. He tortured and mutilated his victims while attempting to keep them alive for as long as possible. All right. God damn. So, yeah, it is fucked up, okay? I get why, like, someone wouldn't want to cover this because it's very fucked up and this is just kind of like a brief overview. I don't want to read his fucking memoirs is what I'm saying. I would. I don't know. Because I, don't, I, don't I have, I like... I have, like, that gross kind of curiosity. Like, I looked at exhumed bodies today. Ew, dude. It wasn't so bad. Ugh. All right. Uh, He confessed to killing these victims using a variety of methods, including stabbing, suffocation, mutilation, and even claimed to have cannibalized some of them. Ugh. Gross. 
he later confessed to killing 80 to 90 such victims, although his claims... That, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's right. Although his claims to have committed any coastal kills have never been corroborated. In his autobiography, Final Truth, Gaston claims to have committed coastal kills every six weeks. But this here's the interesting part. He contradicts himself later in the book because he says that he felt the overpowering need to seek out and commit a coastal kill by the 10th date of each calendar month. So he'd be like 120. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Ugh. Unless he, like, killed in between. But anyway. Uh, well, I mean, if we're taking all of this as fact from his memoirs, you know, uh, serial killers oftentimes like to embellish the story. They're fucking liars. Mm -hmm. This guy is a lying fucking liars then. That's what I was saying earlier. Dude, I'm sorry. There is a fucking hair tickling the back of my arm. You okay? No. All right. In November 1970, Gaskins committed the first of his so-called serious murders, people whom he knew and killed for personal reasons. So these aren't just like random killings. Um, His first serious murder victims were his own niece... Oh, Janice Kirby, aged 15. Um, and her friend Patricia and Alsbrook, aged 17, both of whom he beat to death after attempting to sexually assault them in Sumter, South Carolina. Ugh. Ugh, fuck, man. All right. Other serious murder victims were killed for a variety of reasons because they had mocked Gaskins, attempted to blackmail him, owed him money because they had stolen from him, or because Gaskins had been paid to kill his victims. So he was also... Um, like, a, kind of a contract killer. Ugh. Unlike his coastal kills, Gaskins simply executed these victims, usually by shooting them before burying them around the coastal areas of South Carolina. In 1973, he committed one of his more gruesome murders when he... I can't... I can't do this one. Do you want me it's to? It's bad. It's bad. Okay. I'm just going to breeze through. I'm just going to... Real quick. <sighs> okay. He murdered two of his neighbors... Uh, Doreen Dempsey, age 23, and she was eight months pregnant, and her two-year-old daughter. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Motherfucker. So, this is, this is the part that kind of blows my mind. Nobody suspected that Gaskins was a sadistic serial killer. Like, really? He's been convicted of rape of a 12-year-old... He's been in and out of prison. Yeah. Uh, he was raped himself. He had a shitty childhood. Like, how do you not see that? I, I, I don't know. Anyway. Plus, like, his neighbors, his nieces. Like, people, I mean, really? Yeah, people all around him are dying. And in a don't. really fucked up way. And they're all getting raped and shit. Like, it's just. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um, but there were some who knew that he was prepared to commit murder for a reasonable reward. Okay, so you think that he'd kill for money and not for any other reason? I, I, okay. Ugh. I'm sorry. Anyway, in February 1975, a woman named Susan Suzanne Kipper Owens hired Gaskins to kill her boyfriend, Silas Barnwell Yates. What? Just yeah. break up. I know, right? In order to cover up the murder, Gaskins ended up killing four more times just to cover up. All right. So. All right. Don't worry. It's sort of getting to the I end. I kind of understand why they don't want to do this. <clears throat> yeah. The two-year-old. That was the hard part. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, all of them, obviously, it was hard, but fuck, dude. Two years old, that's too close to home for me, personally. All right. So, Gaskins was arrested on ni- uh, November 14th, 1975, when a criminal associate named Walter Neely confessed to police that he'd witnessed Gaskins killing Dennis Bellamy, age 28, and Johnny Knight, age 15. Neely confessed to police that Gaskin had confided in him to having killed several people who had been listed as missing persons during the previous five years and had in, uh, indicated to him where they were buried. On December 4th, 1975, Gaskins led police to land he owned in Prospect where police discovered the bodies of eight of his victims. Mm. Okay, I'm not going to go through all of this. I'm just going to sum this up. Okay, okay, so basically, he was sentenced to death but um, South Carolina decided to conform to the United States Supreme Court guidelines for the death penalty in other states, and they just made him have life in prison, okay. right? But then um, Gaskins, while he was in prison, 
killed this guy uh, named Rudolf Tyner. Um, he was, <clears throat> this guy, Rudolf Tyner, was sentenced for killing this elderly couple, Bill and Myrtle Moon, uh, during this botched robbery. He was hired, okay, so Gaskins was hired by Tony uh, Kaimu? Kaimo? Simo. Simo, um, okay, sorry. He was the son of Myrtle. So he was, he was hired by this murder victim's son to kill this guy. So what he did was he somehow got C4. Like the explosive? Yes. Okay, first he tried to poison this guy. And he just, I don't know why, he just didn't die. Okay, maybe he got violently ill, but he didn't die. So he strapped C4 to this thing and he told the inmate that it was like a walkie-talkie or like a like a radio so that they could communicate between cells. Yeah. So when the guy put it up to his ear, he um, detonated it and it exploded and he killed the guy. Jesus. Yeah. How the fuck, first of all, does a fucking inmate get C4? Well, I mean, it was the 70s, so. It's insane. Anyway. Someone probably just sneaked it in in their butthole. That would be really dangerous. Like, I would never do that. Well, so is shoving a cell phone You know what? I would do it for my daughter, though. I would. I would would smuggle C4 into prison for my daughter. Anyway, so. um, Which one, though? Either, really. But to oh, be honest, no. probably the youngest one's going to be the one that's going to end up in prison. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Gaskins later said the last thing that Tyner, Tyner heard was me laughing. Uh, Gaskins was tried for murder of this guy and was sentenced to death, which, first of all, he was sentenced to death. For killing a guy who was on death row. Well, like, he was sentenced... Okay, so he was sentenced to death, and then they, South Carolina, chose to do away with his death penalty because of the Supreme Court or whatever. So they can't re-administer the death penalty for all of the awful shit that he did. That's true. So he did this... They try him again, and they're just going to give him the death penalty again. yeah, that makes sense. So they're kind of just like... Yeah, they're like, like, all right, You're actually getting the death penalty for all the other fucked up shit you did, but because we have you for this, we can actually... It's not like a double jeopardy thing or whatever. Okay. So, this is where the bullshit comes in. While on death row, Gaskins told his life story to a journalist, blah, blah, blah. Um, he had, he claimed to have committed between 100 and 110 murders, including that of Margaret Peg Coutinho, the 13-year-old daughter of then South Carolina State Senator James Coutinho, Jr. of Sumter. However, law enforcement sources found his claims to be impossible to verify. And I feel like he's embellishing, like you said. Yeah. Okay, so... Gaskins was es- executed on September 6th, 1991 at 1 a.m. He was the fourth person to die in the electric chair after the death penalty was reinstated in South Carolina in 1977. Only hours before he was escorted to the electric chair, uh, he tried to commit suicide by slitting his wrists with a razor blade he had swallowed the previous week, then coughed up. His last words were, I'll let my lawyers talk for me. I'm ready to go. God. Another source I saw said that he had also slit like his like where his elbows are, like yeah. where his this little this little part right here. Anyway, so he tried to commit suicide before getting the electric chair. Well, I think he did that as a way to as like a final way to be like fuck you, you're not going to kill me, I'm going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Which in itself is like fucked up. I don't know, man. Like, I, I guess I'm, I don't know what the electric chair's like, obviously, but I feel like it'd be quicker than slitting your wrist. I don't know. Because, I've heard like, bleeding to death is really painful, actually. I don't know. I've never bled to death. <laughs> but, like, I honestly don't mind that he went to the electric chair with fucking slit wrists or oh, whatever. Oh, hell no. Like, I wish that they sawed off the bottoms of his feet and made him walk on cement covered in lemon juice. Like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Shit's rough. That was bad. Um, and that was just, that was just Wikipedia. Obviously that's how I do my research. I'm going to look more into him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gaskins. 
Well, there you go. For you True Crime Garage fans that wanted to hear it, there you go. Because but not like as, as well as True Crime Garage oh, would do. Oh, no, never. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I'm essentially reading off of Wikipedia. Maybe last I podcast on a... the left will do Pee Wee Gaskins. Oh, maybe. That, mm. they, they would probably do him. Yeah. I could see that. Have you watched uh, Ben's uh, campaign video for, he's running for like Brooklyn representative or council person no. or whatever. So good. It's so good. It's so, Aww. it's done really, really well. And he looks real good in it. You love them. I love them. You love them. I I like their podcast. I love I it. I do. It's one of my faves. Well, what would you recommend this week? What Can is you your recommendation? Can I go first? Could you go first? Because I'm trying to think. Because okay. I was going to recommend something that I've been watching, but I then I realized that I watched it because of your recommendation last <laughs> week. Oh, okay. Um, well, my recommended, I'm going to do recommended listening, and I'm going to do two podcasts. Okay. Um, one would be Autastic, which is a podcast done by two comedians about the realities of autism. Uh, my son, my oldest son, he's two, he is autistic. And so it's just really nice to be able to listen to some people who are affected by autism and be able to laugh about it. And mm-hmm. they have a lot of like, they have like doctors, like they had, they had a, um, a doctor from, uh, GAD, which is an autism foundation on mm-hmm. there. And it's just really good. It's just a good podcast. Listen, to, it's autastic, like fantastic and autism put together. A U T A S T I C. I like it. Um, and then for my second recommendation, I have been fucking binging. It's called the Bolo Podcast. Okay. Um, I am in the process of becoming a police officer, so a lot of people probably aren't as obsessed about cop stuff as I am, but if you're interested in hearing about, you know, law enforcement things, and also they do health and nutrition and fitness tips, uh, they, they have a segment, and it's so fucking good, and, like, they're all really funny, and they're all really relatable, and it's a really good effort to humanize the badge, which I think is so fucking important. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, it's called the Bolo Podcast, B-O-L-O Podcast, and you can find both those on iTunes, and they have all their episodes up. It's amazing. A good one. I'm sorry. I was. I wasn't ignoring oh. you. I was just trying to find Amelie, like, something that I'm like. What can I recommend? Amelie First just starts all, listening to another podcast. <laughs> I recommend IUDs. I think they're wonderful. All <laughs> right, ladies out there. I, I recommend actually, an IUD. Actually, the the little implanton that you can get in your armband. It is. It is the most effective birth control on the market to date. I've heard very bad things about it, though. I heard it's a bitch to get out, and it hurts to get in, but and it's... it leaves a scar, and my friend got, like, some crazy reaction to it. She gained a shit ton of weight. Like, it was really bad. Well, birth control is kind of personal. Like... It is. You'll go through a bunch, but I... It is the most effective one on the market. The one I have is pretty fucking effective, and it has well, no hormones in it, and it lasts for 10 years, and you don't have to think about it. It's do you awesome. have the little copper coil I do. one? I do. I want to get that one. Do it. I'm just like on... Oh, I was supposed to Are get... Are you on pulling out? No. <laughs> I My husband and I use condoms, and we practice ah, safe sex. That's terrible. Um, they're organic condoms, though. They're really... They don't smell or anything. <laughs> They don't, I hate, okay, there's a little cat fact. I hate using condoms because they, they smell bad. We've talked about how smelly your sex is. Yeah. Oh, wait, this is a new podcast that so people don't know. <laughs> um, cat has smelly sex? It's gross. I just hate condoms. Um, But anyways, uh, you can find organic condoms that, you know, are biodegradable. They're good for the environment. Plus, they don't smell. <laughs> They don't fucking smell. Okay. But my I, other recommendation was, besides is, IUDs. <laughs> well, I'm just looking out for the ladies. All right. But my other recommendation, it's a huge podcast, so probably anybody who listens to this is already listening to it, but it's Case File. And it's this Australian dude, and he does a kick ass job. Like his research is on point. 
and it's so interesting, and he keeps you, like, captivated. There's, like, a fucking three-parter right now, and I'm so into it, and each part is, like, an hour and a half long, <laughs> and I'm just so into it. Anyway, check out Case File. Also, podcast. Also, True Crime Garage, my oh, favorite yeah. murder. Uh, well, <laughs> Wine and Crime. True Crime Garage. Clearly, they get a lot of fucking, like... Shout outs from us. I don't know why I keep picking that one. This it's is not even the, the one I listen to the most. This is the True Crime Garage episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, Truly. But we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Oh, wait, wait. Oh. Tip your waiter or bartender or server or waitress or who would have thought ever. Always leave a tip. Always. Okay, bye. <laughs>